0: Good morning, it's time for us to begin our midday program here on KRVN on a Battleship Gray Day on this Monday. Thank you so much for joining us as we take a look at our program we have ahead of you for the next couple hours. Jason Jorgensen's in here along with Bob Brogan, and Susan Littlefield is joining us from the Third City today. Good morning, Susan.
1: Well, good
2: morning, too. It's kind of gray and gloomy here, too.
0: Yeah, I think that's a common denominator across the Cornhusker State today, for sure. And uh, we enjoyed a very nice weekend, but uh, not quite as nice today. So that's how it goes. It's, it you know, is. it's Nebraska, after all, and we've got to pay for those things. So uh, what do you got for us?
2: Well, we're going to kick it all off here at 1219 as we hear from Benny Cox. He's the president of the American Sheep Industry Association, talking about how they have been keeping up to date on all the craziness that's been happening in Washington, D.C., what that means to the sheep industry. Then at 1245, Shaley will step in as we talk about the Nebraska Cattleman's Classic. That's going to be here before we know it. Not only will we going to talk about the upcoming meetings, but a preview of this year's Classic and a little bit of a change to what you see in the normal schedule. So you're going to want to pay attention to that. And then at 117, Chad Moyer steps in as the mda nebraska pints to gallons interview as we learn about midwest areas division in an effort in omaha blair schools to raise money and get milk into food pantries so exciting things going on in that part of the state
0: well that would certainly be good for food pantries that's for sure so oh very much yeah, so yeah thank you susan i appreciate thank it you. yep we turn it over to jason jorgens and i think uh folks Still reeling uh, from the news yesterday about uh, Kobe Bryant, one of the real icons.
3: I think so, and it uh, just goes to show: doesn't matter how rich or famous you are, tomorrow is never a given. Yeah, and, boy, uh, that's no kidding. I'd had some people ask me; they're like, "Well, why, why was he using a helicopter? Well, traffic out there is yeah horrible, right. and he is he remained very busy even once he quit playing basketball with all of his uh, interests. So. He used the helicopter to get around.
0: Well, and it sounds like maybe he was going to a camp or one of his daughter's games. I'm not exactly sure, but just a a tragic deal, that's for sure. Of course, uh,
3: with the All-Star game coming up in a couple of weeks in Mm -hmm. Chicago, I'm sure there will be a lot of remembrances coming up at that. And it's kind of cool that teams have found their own ways to Mm -hmm. honor him. I saw in the games yesterday, both teams, they allowed the shot clock to expire before they... took a shot so a lot of different
0: ways but that's stunner it really is i mean this was a guy who uh you know not only had an amazing career but his post career stuff was pretty pretty good too Uh,
3: i sound like he turned his life around of course he'd had some incidents uh, Mm -hmm. early on which weren't good no one's perfect but uh, that was a bad deal yesterday so we'll touch a little bit on that also today starts a big night for conference tournament basketball action there are several of those going on around the region, and this morning they uh, just posted the brackets for the FKC tournament, which will take place next week. So it's, mm-hmm. if you like basketball, good it's time
1: good. of the year. Absolutely.
0: Turn it over to Bob Brogan. If you like stocks, this isn't a real good day. Uh, stocks uh, got a little uh, coronavirus concern right
1: Stocks now. have uh, tumbled following a sell-off in markets in Europe and Japan um, after China announced a sharp rise in cases of a deadly New virus. Uh, we're going to be hearing more about this. This this thing is uh, bad news to to everybody. So that's kind of what's going on with uh, with the markets today. They're they're afraid of that virus, and and by golly, so am I. All right, very good. That's all coming up on midday.
0: Time for us to check in on our weather and how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world. Paul Perkins in here and Dagan low-pressure, front doesn't want to go
4: away. Exactly. We're kind of getting it from both ends now. On the backside of some low pressure over the Great Lakes and the Hudson Bay swinging some clouds into much of the central and east. Those clouds drifting to the southeast, but we're also watching another system starting to move in from the west that will also keep those clouds in place for today. But we do have some Ryder Sky is on the horizon. Well, that's, not too far off here. So, well, what a
0: what a wonderful weekend it was! <laughs> it, was. Though. it really was. So, yeah,
4: yesterday was just unbelievably nice. Uh, hardly any wind, and those temperatures shot up ahead of that front moving in. And yeah, we'll take it from what we were experiencing.
0: And it looks like a pretty good weekend to come.
4: Exactly. So, yeah, you know. especially by next weekend, super weekend looking super <laughs> for as far as weather goes. <laughs> All
0: right, very good. Nice alliteration there. Hitler. There we go.
4: Yeah, get that Super Bowl tied in somehow or another. <laughs> A little bit of precipitation making its way right now into the southern Nebraska panhandle in southeast Wyoming. Probably in the form of some light snow, maybe a little bit of rain mixed in with that. That does stretch on the way to the north-central portions of Colorado towards Fort Morgan, but that is drifting out towards east. Fairly scattered right now across the southern Nebraska panhandle towards Kimball down to Fort Morgan. Otherwise, we're just pretty much locked in the clouds across the area with temperatures generally in the low 30s. If we're seeing some breaks in the sun, it may be towards the very southwest corner of nebraska into northwest kansas sort of the satellite kind of showing that it is partly cloudy skies today will continue to be cloudy and about 10 to 15 degrees colder than what we experienced yesterday snow and some rain chances increasing this afternoon into western areas and then west and central areas for tonight through tomorrow morning most snow accumulations generally about an inch or less the highest snow amounts of one to two inches will be west and southwest of a line from lexington to osborne so once again one to two inches possible west and southwest of a line from Lexington to Osborne. The skies will clear in western areas for tomorrow and by tomorrow night in the central... Wednesday, will kick off a warming trend that may be held back by a little bit of cloud cover that fills back in from east to west and could linger on into Thursday afternoon. Once again, one of those lingering systems continuing to spill some clouds into our area. But then temperatures will continue to warm as we head towards the weekend as a ridge of high pressure builds in over the western and central U.S. Temperatures expected to reach into the 50s and 60s for Saturday and Sunday and maybe even up near 70 over southwest Nebraska and northwest Kansas. And that currently is in the forecast upper 60s to around 70 over far southwest Nebraska and northwest Kansas on Super Sunday. Now, next Monday, our temperatures will be cooler, but still milder than normal in behind a cold front. Also, next Monday night, a very slim chance for some moisture as some low-pressure starts to approach. In our long-term forecast, Nebraska and Kansas temperatures forecast to be warmer than normal. The first nine days of next month, it starts on Saturday. That higher chance of milder temperatures are this weekend and early next week. But on the flip side, Scott local groundhogs probably having a very good chance of seeing their shadows on sunday which could of course mean six more weeks of winter with groundhog day oh, on sunday and is it
0: that time <laughs> yeah, of yeah if
4: you keep thing track of things like that uh that is in the offering <laughs> of course i've never got my seeing lots of sunshine means we're gonna have six more weeks of winter i would think yeah if you have a hard time seeing the shadow that we would be more likely to see winter but a I'm not in charge of those kind of things.
0: (laughs) They don't put us in charge of that stuff.
4: (laughs) The precipitation forecast indicates mainly near-normal precipitation this weekend. Through the first nine days of next month for Nebraska and Kansas, our region might in the middle of slightly above-normal precipitation to the northwest and below-normal precipitation to the southeast. Weather factors driving market trade include favorable conditions for most South American crops and a dry week ahead in the central U.S. Bitter cold will remain largely absent from the U.S. the next several days. Three poorly developed storms will cross the south and result in generally light precipitation from the central and southern plains to the southern Atlantic coast. Tomorrow, parts of the central and southern plains may experience some accumulating snow. Additional snow may develop at the end of the week across portions of the east and midwest. The mainly dry trend in the midwest and northern plains this week will cause some reduction in snow cover. Midwest soils, though, remain saturated with much concern about the prospect of significant fieldwork delays this spring. In the southern plains, some moderate to local heavy snow. Tomorrow will bring some stress to livestock, but moisture will benefit the winter wheat. Across Brazil, conditions mostly favorable for filling soybeans in the major growing areas. Early harvest is increasing in central Brazil. Some beneficial rain occurred in northeast Brazil last week. where dry weather affected the planted acreage which will lower expected production a return to drier weather expected in northern northeast brazil the mid to late part of this week argentina's crop weather mostly favorable for pollinating and filling corn and developing and filling soybeans in the major central growing areas southern argentina is drier where a line of useful thunderstorms is forecast the middle of this week
0: all right very good so if we we see some. We could see some snow today. Probably not a whole big yeah, deal.
4: Yeah, exactly. Most locations less than an inch. Okay. Maybe an inch or so. Maybe in some central areas, but southwestern areas of southwest Nebraska and northwest Kansas that potential of one to two inches of snow. And once again, along and southwest of line from Lexington to Osborne, Kansas. Okay.
0: And that's the area that's supposed to get into the 70s for a sea, so it's all, it's, they got to pay for it. Exactly. Yeah, they're, uh, okay.
4: they're, they're getting their deal now. <laughs> all
0: right, very good. Thank you, Paul. Where do you go to check in
4: on your weather? Weather tab, Working
2: to promote the sheep industry, a goal of a Texas sheep producer. Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. As the American Sheep Industry Convention took place last week, I talked with the ASI President, Benny Cox, about the sheep industry and work that's being done behind the scenes to continue to see the growth.
5: You know, the thing that that I think is most important about this organization or your state organizations is keeping up with our legislative uh, challenges. Uh, I would say battles. I guess that's that's probably the. A, a harsher word, but we're we're constantly being uh bombarded with suits where these different activists that are against uh, uh you know animal agriculture, uh whether it be sheep, cattle, whatever, um, in all the B L M lands where somewhere in the neighborhood of thirty to forty percent of all our sheep members in the US are still left, uh there's there's a lot of challenges there in in ASI your state organizations those people that are willing to get out there and and make those contacts with their legislators and in that uh, I think that's a very very I, I think that's the best we've got to offer to our members whether you know I mean you've got research development and all that but our legislative battles are so very important I have a real strong. Uh, feeling about that and i feel like that with all those challenges if we don't stay on top of that 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 we're we're in danger of losing a lot more of our infrastructure and we're you know we're a small business uh compared to uh beef report for instance and and we have to do our due diligence and go in there and counteract those you know a lot of those people use falsehoods to 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 file their suits you know, there's a bunch of those people. They don't care if they have to tell a story that's not true. Then that's fine with them. And so we've got to stay on top of that. And I think that that's something that we have to be diligent about. We don't need uh, we don't need any more uh, imports. I'm really concerned about the UK. They're over here working. You know, with all that stir up with the Brexit and all that stuff. Now, they're you know they have a lot of sheep and they would certainly like to send a bunch of them over here. We do not need that. We had somewhere close to 200% throughout 2019 sent to us. Of course, you know, Australia and New Zealand have 90% of the world's export trade business for lamb, and, uh, and they take a lot of our, our, our market share uh, with their, 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 their exports or our imports of their lamb. And so that's, a, that's a, certainly a challenge uh, right now they've got a lot of things going on the fires are devastating to a lot of that country, I don't know how it will affect it certainly would have some effect on their available exports Uh we wouldn't wish that on anybody, they're really a bunch of great guys I know lots of them, I've visited with them they come to our convention and all that stuff and they have basically have the, a lot of the same problems that we have but they have to export and because of their numbers of sheep and the, and the, the amount of people they have but um, so that's another issue that, that we've kind of challenged that somewhat. Uh, we, uh, we actually have set our, our, our spring legislative, uh, trip up. It's going to be March the 10th and 11th. Generally somewhere between, ah, between 65 and 75 people will show up from across the United States.
2: Those comments with Benny Cox. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Royal Radio Network.
0: time for us to take a look at sports and we're joined as always by Jason Jorgensen and uh, uh, you know certainly sometimes we we forget when the sports world kind of collides and the bigger picture comes through and that's certainly been the case the last day or so with Kobe Bryant. It has
3: as the uh, basketball community and even outside the basketball community is mourning the death of Kobe Bryant at the age of 41, of course, former Lakers guard, his 13-year-old daughter and seven others are pronounced dead after their helicopter went down yesterday morning about 30 miles northwest of downtown Los Angeles. Brian, of course, won five NBA titles during his 20-year playing career and and how ironic I guess was that that LeBron James passed him He's on the scoring him. list the weekend that he would pass away. That's that's yeah,
0: different, too. It, it is. It is. But man, what a, you know, and i and i said this earlier but i think of a, a generation of people shagging balls at softball at best baseball and basketball and you you shoot it and you yell kobe yep. he <laughs> What what an iconic thing
3: there i remember watching his last game
0: he scored oh, 60 oh.
3: points i don't think he passed the ball once that he night he was he, he was out to go. score yes
0: he was <laughs> and he went out
3: yep. he went out that's for sure Top twenty-five men's basketball poll. New poll is out. Baylor remains number one. Gonzaga is second. KU is third. San Diego State. I know you've been the Aztecs, man. Look at pumping the Aztecs. They are the last undefeated team in men's Division I basketball. They're 21-0. Florida State is ranked fifth. UNK senior left guard Josh Stoltenberg has been named an honorable mention All-American by the Dan Hansen Football Committee. Stoltenberg, the Creighton prep grab, was one of three loafers to make the Hanson All Super Region team, earning second team honors, fifth year senior, and a four year starter at left guard. He was part of a veteran offensive line that powered UNK's running game to the tune of 343 yards per week and 45 touchdowns on the year. He was a good one. He, yeah, he will for sure. be missed. The seventh ranked Nebraska wrestling team knocked off Michigan State yesterday, 25 to 12 to earn its first conference victory of the season. The Huskers are now six and three overall, one and three in Big Ten action. Today's a big day for conference basketball tournaments as the RPAC tournament continues tonight with girls action. Quarterfinals for the East Division take place in Alma. West Division games are set for Maywood. The Central Conference Tournament begins today with the Lexington Girls at Holdridge at 5. The Holdridge Boys will play at home against Schuyler at 6.30. And the Southwest Conference Tournament also gets underway today with Girls and Boys action
0: at home sites. So, that's just a few. That's that's not all the tournaments. That's, no. This is... I feel like this season's actually gone by kind of fast. It's We were both looking at the schedule earlier and going, man, we're... We're getting down to it a little bit. Still a lot to go, though. No, it's, it's kind of like it a no hitter. Don't mention it. Don't <laughs> say anything. <laughs> Good point. I'm sorry. That's all right. <laughs> that is a look at
3: sports. For more, find it any time at krvn.com.
4: All right. Thanks, Jason.
6: University of Nebraska Medical Center leaders are seeking state support to continue a statewide program that has trained nearly 7,000 individuals, the majority of whom are volunteer emergency medical services providers and rural firefighters. LB761, introduced by Senator Myron Dorn of Adams, would support ongoing operational funding through license renewals for the Simulation in Motion Nebraska program. Sandy Lewis, president of the Nebraska Emergency Management Services Association, talks about why the SMINE program is so important.
2: Big semis that go out and have education for our rural fire departments, EMS departments, This provides wonderful hands-on experience for rural communities that don't have a lot of money with their fire departments to be able to spend. And we want to keep them updated with the latest and greatest education that we can.
6: Since its launch in January 2017, the four SIM Nebraska trucks collectively have traveled over 62,000 miles across the state, provided more than 20,000 free continuing education training hours to volunteer EMS providers, firefighters, and critical access hospital staff of Nebraska and trained at least one agency in 87 of Nebraska's 93 counties. The Transportation and Telecommunications Committee will hear testimony on the bill during the afternoon of Monday, January 27th at the State Capitol. Police in Omaha are investigating what caused a fire in a recreational vehicle that killed one person. The fire was reported around 1 a.m. Saturday in southeastern Omaha just blocks from the Missouri River. Arriving firefighters who extinguished the blaze found a person dead inside. Officials have not identified the person by Sunday. Richard Sturba, who lives next to where the RV was parked, said he heard explosions that woke him up Saturday, saw the flames, and called 911. January is National Radon Awareness Month, and Two Rivers Public Health Department wants you to have information about the impact of radon in the home. Two Rivers Health Educator Katie Mulligan says radon is an invisible, orderless, and tasteless gas that poses a serious health risk.
7: Radon can cause cancer in non-smokers, and if you are a smoker, it gives you a higher chance of getting lung cancer. So it really affects your health, it makes it hard to breathe, and it's something that's easy to address.
6: Nebraska soil has a high incidence of radon, so many homes tested in the state have levels that need to be mitigated. Over half of the homes that test in Nebraska have levels above the level of four. Two Rivers Public Health Department is going to make radon test kits available at county clerk offices or they may be obtained from hardware stores. More information about radon can be obtained from their website, thrphd.org. Reporting on the Rural Radio Network, I'm Austin Jacobson.
8: just under a month out from the 2020 nebraska cattlemen's classic i'm Shaylee peters joining you today on the rural radio network and we're going to visit with show manager it's renette heinrich and renette uh exciting things coming to the 2020 classic we'll get a schedule update from you here in just a bit let's first talk about the more pressing matters or ones that are happening before the classic you've got some meetings coming up this week
7: It is. You know, it's an exciting time. We're nearing the 1st of February, and it's time for the Classic Team to hit the road. We will be hitting the road with our Classic on the Road meetings. And this week on Wednesday, we will be at the Black Powder Steakhouse in Franklin. On Thursday night, we'll be at the Down South Bar and Grill in Deweese. And on the following Monday, February 3rd, we will be south of johnson lake with another meeting so we're doing three meetings ahead of time this year and then we're going to put on some meetings following the classics and these meetings are really an exciting time for us because we get to go to the cattlemen we visit our cattlemen in certain areas we take these catalogs out to them and so we've got a lot of exciting things to share with cattlemen and they'll need to get their reservations in for us
8: and we also will be serving a great beef supper for our guests at these meetings now let's shift our attention to the schedule for the 2020 Classic. As I mentioned, a lot of changes happening, um, and you guys tweak it every year, but this year certainly the schedule is completely revamped, and there are some very exciting things going on with that for both people showing, uh, your buyers, all sorts of cool stuff happening at the 2020 Classic. Go into detail on what people can expect with the schedule this year. You know, the Nebraska Cattlemen's
7: Classic, this will be our 29th annual event. And we have totally restructured our schedule. Basically, really striving to meet cattlemen's needs today and better serve everybody. We know that time is a huge issue for everyone. And so we want to better utilize people's time and allow them to see the most amount of things as possible when they come to the Classic. We actually will start our events on Saturday, February 15th is our livestock judging contest and very excited to kind of take this contest and make it its own event and again that's on saturday february 15th that is for 4-h ffa youth we'll have college teams coming to nebraska from all across the nation and put on a nice banquet that evening for them and Basically, then we transition our facilities at the Buffalo County Fairgrounds and get them ready for our cattle show and sales and get ready for all of our exhibitors to roll in, our commercial trade show exhibitors to set up, and get ready for a great week. The Classic itself then will start on Tuesday, February 18th, and we'll have a great commercial trade show, as I mentioned. We're working with our family and consumer science divisions in high schools, putting on a cooking at the classic contest. And that evening on Tuesday nights, a really fun event. Area restaurants will be teaming up with our breed associations, and they'll be putting on the best of the beef. So everyone will want to kind of come in on Tuesday night if they've got time and enjoy some great beef samples. And then on Wednesday the 19th, We will show all of our cattle in one day. Plus on that Wednesday the 19th, we've got our FFA Day. Very honored to have Amanda Radke coming down from South Dakota. She'll be talking to our FFA youth and kind of helping arm them to battle all of the challenges that we have with communicating with our consumers and assuring them of our safe products. So a great day on Wednesday the 19th and Thursday is going to be a big day. Thursday, February 20th is bull sale day at the Classic. And all of the breed bulls, the Herefords, Charlay, Angus, Simmental, Galve, Red Angus, Limousine, Shorthorns, Mains, Keys, AOBs, there will be nearly 150 bulls sold on one day. And that's pretty exciting for us to allow cattlemen to have the opportunity to come to one location and see that many breeds showcased in one day. And again, on Thursday, later in the day, we'll have that of 5 heifer sale, our Royal Ice sale that night, and Thursday's a big day. Friday, February 21st is heifer sale day, and the heifer sales will start at noon. We'll have some of our scholarship presentations, and, you know, the Nebraska Cattlemen's Classic presents over $15,000 of scholarships to youth that are buying steers or heifers at the Classic, so... Really exciting for us to be able to showcase that. And again, those heifers sell on Friday, the 21st. Saturday, the 22nd is that fancy heifer show and sale, the prospect steer sale. We get ready for all of our junior events and we'll wrap up on Sunday, the 23rd
8: with a junior show. So really we've restructured it and just trying to better serve all the cattlemen. Okay, and as people prepare for the 2020 Classic, if they want to go on, get an update on where things are, when things are, where is the best place for them to go and do that, Renette? Uh, To get all of the details about the Nebraska Cattlemen's Classic, you can find a complete schedule at
7: www.necattlemen.com, and of course, you can give me a call anytime at 308- 627-6385. 627-6385. And just want to remind everyone, really make sure you
8: check out the schedule because it is different this year for the 2020 Nebraska Cattlemen's Classic. All right, thanks so much, Renette. Renette Heinrich, she is show manager for the Nebraska Cattlemen's Classic, which we are just a few weeks away from. I'm Shaley Peters, and you're listening to the Rural Radio Network.
4: You.
0: Time for us uh, for our business report here on midday, on this Monday. And of course, as you've heard us talk about a couple times today, the markets are definitely being influenced uh, by fear from the coronavirus and uh, uh, what that really means. 81 people in China have have died from it, Uh, but is this overreaction? I guess we'll know that better, but uh, without question the markets have reacted the Japan the Asian markets as expected down in Japan anyway 473 points that's a 2% drop in Japan the hang- the Hang Seng however for whatever reason in Hong Kong is up 40 London FTSE down almost uh, a little over 2% uh, 173 points and the German DAX index down nearly 3% uh, down 371 points here in the united states the 10-year yield is down almost four percent the Dow jones industrial average down a point and a half at 306 down 363 the nasdaq is down a percent at uh, 142 down and the s&p the standard and poor's index down 41 not to be all uh bloom and doom here but uh, we'll turn it over to Bob Rogan to lighten our day
1: interesting that you led into my discussion with uh, gloom and doom Yeah, sorry, I am this is I'll tell you what I'm a ray of sunshine I know always on a cloudy day right now
0: yes so anyway
1: let's plunge ahead uh, you know to use that word Mm -hmm. stocks tumbling following a sell-off in markets in Europe and Japan After China announced a sharp rise in cases of a deadly new virus that threatens to crimp global economic growth, the major U.S. indexes gave up a significant amount of their gains for January, and bond yields moved lower as investors headed for safer holdings. Gold prices rose. U.S. sales of newly built homes fell four-tenths of a percent in December, cooling ever so slightly after low mortgage rates fueled sales growth for much of 2019. Meanwhile, General Motors spending $2.2 billion to refurbish an underused Detroit factory so it can build electric and self-driving vehicles, eventually employing 2,200 people. They are doing that. They will start building the company's first electric pickup, Late in 2021, call me a Doubting Thomas, but uh, I'm going to have to be convinced that uh, those electric pickets, pickups, well, maybe they are pickets, pickups are worth uh, looking at. Also, the average U.S. price of regular grade gasoline has declined $0.04 cents a gallon to $2.60 over the past two weeks. And history analyst Troby Lundberg of the Lundberg survey says the pump price responded to a drop in crude oil prices crude oil costs we should say and the average price of regular regular unleaded in nebraska today is two dollars and 37 cents so that's what's going on in the world of business
0: all right i don't know if you were a ray of sunshine but uh you were something for sure
1: okay but uh (laughs) uh thanks very much (laughs) thank you bob
4: And dependable. That's KRVN News.
1: For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob Brogan. Greater Nebraska's biggest newsroom brings you
4: local and regional news on the half hour. I'm Dave Schroeder. Fox News at the top and breaking news on demand.
6: From the Rural Radio Network, I'm Tyler Cavalli.
4: Program 880 in every car, at work or at home or listen all day
0: online at krvn.com or by downloading our free KRVN app.
2: Working to promote the sheep industry, a goal of a Texas sheep producer. Good afternoon, I'm Susan Littlefield on the Borough Radio Network. As the American Sheep Industry Convention took place last week, I talked with the ASI President, Benny Cox, about the sheep industry and work that's being done behind the scenes to continue to see the growth.
5: You know, the thing that that I think is most important about this organization or your state organization's is keeping up with our legislative uh challenges. Uh I would say battles. I guess that's that's probably a, a, a harsher word, but we're we're constantly being uh bombarded with suits where these different activists that are against uh uh you know, animal agriculture, uh, whether it be sheep, cattle, whatever, um in all the BLM lands where somewhere in the neighborhood of thirty to forty percent of all our sheep members in the US are still left, uh, there's there's a lot of challenges there. And in ASI, your state organizations, those people that are willing to get out there and, and make those contacts with their legislators and, and that, uh I think that's a very, very I, I think that's the best we've got to offer. To our members, whether you know, I mean, you've got research, development, and all that. But our legislative battles are so very important. I have a real strong uh, feeling about that, and I feel like that with all those challenges, if we don't stay on top of that, that that we're we're in danger of losing a lot more of our infrastructure. And we're you know we're a small business uh, compared to uh, beef report, for instance and and we have to do our due diligence and go in there and counteract those you know a lot of those people use falsehoods to 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 file their suits you know there's a bunch of those people they don't care if they have to tell a story that's not true then that's fine with them and so we've got to stay on top of that i think that that's something that we have to be diligent about we don't need uh, we don't need any more uh Imports. I'm really concerned about the UK. They're over here working, you know, with all that stirrup, with the bricks and all that stuff. Now, they're, you know, they have a lot of sheep. And they would certainly like to send a bunch of them over here. We do not need that. We had somewhere close to 200% throughout 2019 sent to us. Of course, you know, Australia and New Zealand have 90% of the world's export trade business for lamb. And, uh... And they take a lot of our, our, our market share uh, with their their, their, their their exports or our imports of their land. And so that's, a, that's a, certainly a challenge. Uh, right now, they've got a lot of things going on. The fires are devastating to a lot of that country. I don't know how it will affect. It certainly would have some effect on their available exports. Uh, we wouldn't wish that on anybody. They're really a bunch of great guys. I know lots of them. I've visited with them. They come to our convention and all that stuff. And they have basically have a lot of the same problems that we have. But they have to export, and because of their numbers of sheep and the, and the, the amount of people they have. But um, so that's another issue that that we've kind of challenged that somewhat. Uh, we uh, we actually have set our our, our spring legislative. Uh, trip up. It's going to be March the 10th and 11th. Generally somewhere between eh, between 65 and 75 people will show up from across the United States.
2: Those comments with Benny Cox. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network.
5: Here.
9: Clay Patton on the Rural Radio Network here as we take a look at our closing overall on the grain market side of things and it was much lower across the board as we continue to see the corn market about six cents lower. We saw the wheat market also moving lower, but Kansas City wheat really comes back around here at the close to come up and close up higher as well. Now we did get out the latest in the export news out this morning and that came out not really where we wanted to see it for the wheat contracts coming in at about 223,994 metric tons. Japan, the top destination there with 82,000 metric tons. Ecuador and Mexico were also top destinations for U.S. wheat. Corn exports, total so, totaled about 668,559 metric tons. Soybeans totaling a little over 1.4 million metric tons within analyst estimates. China, though, was listed as buying 486,000 metric tons of soybeans. So positive to see that one coming out. Other news we got out today. Brazilian farmers completing about 4.2% of their soybean harvest as of last Friday. That coming out from AgRule, Ag Consultant Company, that's about 9% behind where they were a year ago due to due to rains primarily in Mato Grosso. The rains delaying the harvest, so don't appear to be impacting the quality, as many of the uh, farmers interviewed by Ag Rule expect a bumper crop. And AgRule's even up there estimates now to 123.9 million metric tons. Though wheat continues to see some positive fundamental news. The last seven weeks, hard red spring wheat inspections totaled 46 million bushels. That's triple the pace needed to hit USDA's targets. So today's drop there, not the biggest thing. Latest CFTC report, though, also helping out. As corn was net short 67,804 contracts. The funds bought about 10 1,600 last week. Funds also net short soybeans at 13,735 contracts, putting on an additional 20,000. We saw the biggest buy with funds now net long at 41,000, adding another 11,000, almost 12,000 contracts last week. U.S. Court of Appeals has ruled the EPA must reevaluate its three recently allowed small, small oil refinery waivers. Those approvals were exemptions that actually proved out to be flawed, so that could turn around and eventually become positive. South Africa, not typically who we think of as a big corn producer, but they look to be having a fairly good crop for the 2019-2020 crop year as uh they're looking to produce about 12.5 million metric tons that's about 11% higher than their yields from a year ago Uh, Looking through the rest of our grains, again, it was the coronavirus putting a lot of fear selling into it. Mike Zuzlow at the midday talking about when to possibly turn from fear selling to actual diminished and hurt demand selling. And a lot of analysts now looking back at the SARS outbreak in 2002 and how long it took the markets to kind of catch up and for the actual data to come out of just how serious an issue was coming into that time. The outside trade, though, the dollar index continued to climb higher up nearly 12 cents as well. But again, Kansas City wheat was the one able to end in the with the July new crop contract at 501.5, just a penny away from its high, ending to the day 3 cents higher. More market tag news and market information anytime in time at ruralradio.com.
0: And that'll do it for our midday program here today on KRVN. If you'd like to hear the midday program in its entirety, you can go to krvn.com, check, click on the podcast.